Well, markets have become a lot more optimistic all of a sudden. We're not quite sure why, unless they're looking at the gradual falling COVID cases in some parts of the United States. But then the PMI showed services didn't perform as well as expected. So that's hardly grounds for optimism. Bond markets, meanwhile, on hold, waiting to see what Jerome Powell says right at the end of the week. That's a lot of sitting around, isn't it? It's the morning call from NAV for Tuesday, the 24th of August, 2021. Good morning. Well, the US dollar might have been in the ascendancy on Friday, but it's come crashing down since then, down more than half a percent this morning on the DXY. It's 1.2% down on the Canadian dollar. That's helped push the Aussie dollar higher. It's up 1.2% and safely above 72 US cents. The Kiwi dollar also doing well, up 0.9%, 0.8% for the pound, just 0.4% for the euro. And commodities, well, they may go some way to explaining the rise in the Australian and the Canadian dollar. Everything is up with commodities, it seems. Brent crude is up 5 WTI even more than that. Copper is up 2.1%, gold up 1.3%, and equity is also up sharply 1.6% for the NASDAQ, 1% for the S&P, 0.8% for the Dow, 0.7% for the Euro stocks 50. And you thought it was going to be a quiet day. Well, it has been a quiet day on the bond markets. Uh, really no, no movement to speak of there. And Bitcoin back over $50,000 if you like that kind of thing. So it is another interesting day to tell us more. Uh, Rodrigo Catrill joins us from NAB in Sydney. Uh, so new records for shares in the US, oil back on the rise. Clearly, there is a lot more optimism about the speed of recovery. Although, I'm, you know, I'm not really quite sure why. I mean, Bloomberg is saying part of it is the fact that Pfizer and BioNTech, the vaccines have now been granted full approval, not just for emergency use. But that doesn't materially change anything, does it? So I, I think there's more to it than that, isn't there? Um, morning, Phil. Yeah, so we we were having a team discussion yesterday, and, and we think that the, the news, particularly coming from China in terms of those uh, no local infections from from COVID um, was was one one important catalyst. Um, and then when you look at the data in the US, um, you know there's there's particularly certain states like Missouri, for instance, that have been a major concern because of the skyrocketing level of infections. Um, and we're seeing early signs that they may they, 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 those infection rates could be peaking. So, in addition to the vaccine rollouts, which uh, is encouraging because. Um, the approval of those, of those like of Pfizer in particular, it, it will encourage others to, to get vaccinated. Uh, we, we think it's about the peaking of those, of the, of the stats, basically, that, um, is indicating that we may be turning a corner, particularly in the US and certainly in, in, in China. Uh, and that's certainly, uh, you know, one big positive factor that the market appears to, to be grabbing onto at the start of the week. Yeah, absolutely grabbing onto. Well, China is down to zero cases, isn't it? But I'm not quite sure whether anyone seriously believes that's a realistic long-term proposition, but we'll take it for now. And yes, those numbers in the US, particularly in the southern states. So Florida has gone from a daily average of 26,000 down to 17,700 over the, just over the course of this month. And then we've got projections from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluations that's got the daily death rate peaking in a couple of weeks. So that is that is all good news. But PMIs yesterday, I mean, they were a bit weaker than anticipated, weren't they? Particularly for services in the US. So 55.2. So it's still over 50, but it's the lowest since uh, December and the third straight month in decline. Whereas in Europe, so it's the whole US versus Europe story, isn't it? In, Euro, in the Euro area, 59.7, which is almost on a par with the previous month, which was the highest one in 15 years. So it still looks like Europe might be doing better than the US, doesn't it? It does. It does at this stage. Um, 
and certainly uh, Germany and, and France doing well in, in, in that respect. Um, I suppose when you look at the numbers, there's an argument there to suggest that, um, you know, we've seen a peak in the European numbers, um, but they're, they're still at very much elevated levels. They haven't continued to, to increase. Um, and, uh, and the U.S. was kind of ahead on this reopening sort of activity, if you like, rebound. Uh, and then you've seen a, a more sharper decline. Um, now, the, the, the question here is, well, is this just a function of, um, of the Delta wave um, creating a bit of a slowdown in addition to those supply constraints, particularly from the labor market, um, and which imply that activity will remain at an elevated level, but not quite at those 60 levels? Or, or whether there is a bigger sort of concern here uh, where China in particular um, it has proven to be a good leading indicator of global activity. And, and we know that China has slowed down. We know that its activity numbers have eased in, in, in China. And not surprising, we've seen others followed in terms of that decline in activity. So um, the, the fact that the, the COVID wave or the last COVID wave appears to be under control, place to be that we should see a rebound in activity, uh, um, uh, hopefully in, in the coming months. Uh, but certainly it, it remains to be seen. And uh, at, at the moment, the market is not paying a lot of attention to that. And they seem to be paying more attention to, to the COVID news. Um, but we have to wait and see what, what happens in, in the following months. And the, they, those PMI numbers really closed, slowed down a lot, didn't they, in, in the UK as well, uh, down to 55.3, which is a six-month low in the UK for the composite figure. But they had that whole pandemic thing going on where the tracking app went a bit wild on people's mobile phones and uh, many argued it was overly sensitive. So they had a lot of people not able to work. But we also had a, a big fall in Australia's yes. PMI. So no, no surprise. Uh, and, and it's not going to get better in a hurry, is it? I mean, the story over the last 24 hours is whether Victoria is in the same boat as New South Wales now and, the, and eliminating the virus is perhaps just a pipe dream. The only way forward is to uh, is to vaccinate. Uh, and we've got the weekly consumer confidence numbers for Australia out today. Well, that is obviously not going to be very good for obvious reasons. Yes, for obvious reasons, we, we expect a, a decline on that one. And, and I suppose that just to, to labor the point in terms of what's going on, uh, the, the declines in activity in, in the UK certainly were, were a bit more significant. And again, as you mentioned, that pandemic has been a big factor. Um, um, but the furlough scheme is also expected to, um, to end in September. So again, the expectations are that you will see an increase in labor supply in the UK, which should ease some of those those concerns. So at the moment, uh, there seems to be good reasons to justify some of the slowdowns in activity. Um, and and the, the expectations of the hope are that, you know, we will see a, a rebound in that activity. And, and similarly, in, the, in, the, in in Australia, you know, it's all to do with these lockdowns and the expectations are that as and when we, we, we reopen, we should see a significant burst in activity as well. So I wonder whether this has helped with the uh, the enthusiasm and optimism that's around today as well. There was a, a piece in the New York Post reporting that in Israel, a third shot uh, is going to give people aged over the age of 60 uh, four times as much protection as they have from just two and five or six times the, the protection against hospitalization or serious uh, illness. So, I mean, that is some consolation. And for those stories ready to offer a third jab, um, they could uh, really bring the fatality rate and the, the, the pressure on the health service down. Uh, so maybe that's added to the, these encouraging signs today. It is. And what was also encouraging is that we've seen how uh, Israel has been very quick at implementing the, the, the third vaccine. 
So then um, what, what is obviously being clear is that we, we've all getting better at, at doing this. And, you know, of course, one of the great news in, in New South Wales is how quickly we've seen those vaccination rates increase. So it plays to the view that we, we sort of learning by doing and we're we getting better at, at implementing this vaccine rollout, um, which is encouraging because um, um, it seems that we're all going to have to have those, those uh, booster shots every year. Uh, and we certainly seem to have the sort of the platform to, to implement it very quickly. Yeah. So bond movements, incredibly quiet. I mean, I know normally, of course, in August, they are quiet because it's the northern summer and they are allowed out of the house uh, in the northern hemisphere. But uh, obviously, there's also this uncertainty on which way Jerome Powell is going to go at the virtual Jackson Hole, because if he does nothing, you know, some will say the Fed is leaving things too late. Uh, but uh, what does he do if, you know, if jobs are jobs growth is slowing? We don't know that it is happening. But if, if that becomes the case uh, and then inflation can continues driven by this supply disruption uh, so, so the bond markets are really hanging out aren't they to try and find out which direction he takes will will we be disappointed will he actually say nothing at all and decide it's the it's the wrong place and the wrong time well that, that yeah that's i think that that's one of the reasons why we've seen the bond market very very quiet uh, compared to you know the activity that we've seen in in the equity market and and the nice rebound that we've seen in currencies and and the commodity places so Yes, uh, the, the big uncertainty around Jackson Hole, um, it's, it's not a policy meeting, so we, we, we doubt that uh, uh, Chair Powell will sort of preempt what the FMC decision will be, um, but certainly um, he, he should give us a bit of a hint in terms of what he's thinking in terms of the economic activity and the outlook. Uh, and whether the, you know, the COVID slowdown and activity slowdown that we've seen it's something that um, at least will will um, argue for for the for the Fed to to be a little bit more patient before making any tapering announcement, which of course is what we what we had from Kaplan over the weekend as well. Yeah, well, you said that the market's not paying too much attention to PMIs. I wonder how much attention they're going to pay take to much data that's coming out this week. Uh, and it's not a great day, anyways. It really we get Q two retail sales for for New Zealand. But look, uh, 38 new cases of COVID there yesterday and at least another week of lockdown. So, you know, here's another set of numbers which are probably going to be overtaken by events. Yes, for particularly in Australia, you know, we all, and in New Zealand for that matter, we all very much focus on, on those numbers. So mm. that those are the ones to watch. And then we've, we've spoken about these activity readings. So of course, the PMIs in the US, um, the flash PMIs are not necessarily the, the main ticket. Uh, you know, the, the market focuses on those ISM and the regional ones. And we do have the Richmond Fed Manufacturing Index, um, which is, you know, we, we had already two soft regional prints. Um, and it will be interesting to see where how this one prints again, because it will start building that narrative that there's certainly a slowdown occurring in activity in, in the U.S. And, and then the question is, is it just just Delta or is it a bit more than, than the Delta variant uh, affecting that activity reading? So I think that will be important. And will this optimism hold? And, uh, and, and, and if that is the case, will the Australian dollar hold its position as well? Because it has been very topsy-turvy, hasn't it? It seems like, you know, we have a, a couple of days of, uh, of optimism and then all of a sudden the markets turn. Yeah, I mean, when we look at it, we have to put things into perspective, right? We've seen the Aussie dollar fall over 3% last week. Um, so a bit of love, if you like, a bit of a rebound from, from such a sort of dramatic fall last week seems reasonable. 
Um, but until we, we sort of break above that 74 level, I think that the Aussie will still remain sort of on, on a sort of a downside risk uh, um, sort of bias, if you like. So we still we still got a way to go in terms of getting out of the woods, but um, uh, certainly it's encouraging to see the, the the nice rebound that we saw overnight. Yeah, well, let's uh, keep a close eye on those U.S. COVID numbers and see if they if they continue to fall, because clearly that is what's driving markets right now. Great to talk, Rodrigo. Catch you again very soon. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And that is the morning call for this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. Tapas is going to join me then. Thanks for listening. See you then.